0: the game of politics with pat mccrory is presented by felix savannas mercedes-benz of south charlotte charlotte's premier mercedes-benz dealer and the carolina's number one volume sales leader over 300 new and 200 pre-owned vehicles always available visit MBCharlotte.com.
1: as a governor mayor businessman i know the game been played by the game. Now we are exposing the game for you.
0: This is Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McRory.
1: Scott Walker served as the 45th governor of Wisconsin from 2011 to 2019. He went through one of the most dynamic periods of American politics when he was first elected in a blue state, then a recall, and he had to run again, and then he won re-election. For his third term in office, he actually lost re-election. Scott Walker continues to be a force in American politics. He ran for president, and I anticipate him running for president sometime again in the future because of his down-to-earth home Wisconsin personality and because he's just a good guy. It's our honor to have the former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, as our guest. Scott, welcome to the show. Glad to have you.
2: Hey, thanks, Pat. Glad right. to be with you as
1: well. We have one question. One question. One question only. And that is, give me an example of your personal experiences of the good, the bad, and the funny or outrageous of politics. And why don't we start off with the good. A good story of politics that you've had direct involvement with, with that the people ought to know about. Well, the good is
2: you know even in the height of uh, the protests we had years ago, I got to tell you the best thing I did was get out of the Capitol, go across the state, and run into folks. And I remember in particular, I was uh, at a, a TV studio. I was in the midst of all this ruckus going on in and around the state, particularly the state Capitol, and the woman who was the uh, the floor director for the news that morning knelt down, and she was helping me put the mic on, and she said, Governor, I just want to let you know, every night me and my daughter's getting on our knees, and we say our prayers, and you're at the top of our list. And it was just a vivid reminder to me about how good people are, and despite what else was happening, there were people praying for us, which made all the difference in the
1: world. Wow. You know, kind of describe what the environment was, because people forget very fast what actually was happening in Wisconsin, where you had thousands upon thousands of protesters uh, going after you, your family, other state representatives right there on the streets of Madison, Wisconsin, inside the Capitol building, disrupting things. What was it like for you, your family, and your staff? Because I went through something similar at a different degree during my four years as governor, but no one knows what it's like until you do it. And where did you get your support?
2: Well, you, you're right. It was wild at, uh, at one point I could like tell people the. The Occupy movement didn't start in Wall Street; it started on my street, Madison, Wisconsin. And that's because, uh, literally, they, they after they eventually lost the battle, they moved on to Wall Street and then around the rest of the country. But we had over over a hundred thousand protesters occupy our capital. And by occupy. I mean, they literally moved in and, and didn't leave uh, for day after day, eventually week after week, until a court ordered, and we had to bring police in and change the whole thing. But uh, there were threats not only at the Capitol or protests at the Capitol. There were threats against me. There was protest out front of our our home, our actual home, not the governor's residence. Uh, my kids, you know, were targeted on Facebook. They were still in high school, the public school at the time. The lawmakers had threats against them. I had death threats. You know, boy, it seemed like a mile high in terms of threats against me and the family. But what you know made us prevail through all this is exactly the kind of stories I mentioned, whether it was that woman at the TV station or I still remember a big old burly guy coming off of a piece of equipment at a manufacturing plant we were touring, and he just said, it put his finger in my chest, and I thought, oh, man, here it comes.
1: Did you have him
2: saying the same thing? Hey, we pray for you.
1: Well, did you? By the way, during that time, did you have any friends that you just went, man? I couldn't have made it without you. And then, probably, did you have any friends that went? You never heard from them again because they were scared. But <laughs> did certain friends just say, "What can I do to help you?"
2: Ab- absolutely. In fact, one of the best pieces of advice is. I give to new officeholders, particularly governors, is don't forget who your friends were before you became governor. They may be the only ones you have left when you're done. And <laughs> thankfully, we had plenty after. But uh, but the fact of the matter was there were there were five other couples. All our kids met when we were in junior kindergarten, and those folks kept us grounded. And in the midst of all this, they were friends no matter what. And two of them were teachers, so that was even more impressive. Because. Wow. They got it at school. One of them actually said that uh, once she went into school, and all the other teachers in the teachers' lounge stood up and
1: turned their backs on her, and
2: uh, that was the kind of pressure even our friends got. But they were our friends first, and that helped us through it all.
1: What about the bad of politics? Give me an example of uh, the bad in politics that you've personally had to deal with, and because you have so many experiences, governor as an executive in Milwaukee, as a presidential candidate, where you could probably tell stories forever. Uh, But tell me about the bad in politics, any specific example that people might not know about.
2: Yeah. What's interesting, people hear about the protests at the Capitol, but they didn't know about all the other things we went to and and that people were just downright disruptive. I mean, I think that's an interesting uh, story today in the Wall Street Journal with a poll they did about how social media – was supposed to bring us together, in in large margins, people think it's it's more disruptive. And this is a good example where we saw it early on. People would say, "Oh, uh, I remember specifically, I was going to be at a the opening of a new visitor center coming into Wisconsin from the state of Illinois. It was going to be a great thing. It had been closed during my predecessor. We were there, and we got there. They had put out on on Facebook and Twitter and other sources." That we were there and all these protesters came and just took over the uh the welcome center and you literally couldn't hear a thing and, and to the credit even the one of the local lawmakers who happened to be a democrat said hey the governor deserves to be heard and instead of agreeing with them they turned on him as well and it was just an example i think unfortunately we see it across america now uh, of of where you know people who disagree with people Instead of just, you know, having a peaceful protest or giving an alternative, now just want to shut the opposition down. And we saw it time and time and time again. The good news was we were unintimidated. We didn't back down. We did what we said we were going to do, and the state's better off because of it.
1: You know, uh, I had to deal with a lot of those things where I, I, I had a tough time even putting things on my public calendar because I'd go to a good, worthwhile exactly. events, and I'd have people yelling, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you and there's nothing you could do about it because the cameras would just – it was all directed toward the cameras where they were trying to get a reaction from you. And it, I saw you go through, and I was trying to use you as a role model. How how did Scott Walker handle it? Because you were one of the first politicians to handle this well-coordinated events that was meant for TV where people would literally try to get a reaction from the candidates. And it Well, would- that's
2: exactly right. Everywhere we go, they'd have people – videotaping us. That's why I always laugh, saying uh, if anyone doubts uh, we've been under any scrutiny, we, we got more scrutiny than anyone else. And you know it because you lived it not long after that uh, at a similar pace, but they would have cameras out, videos out, um, whether you were in a parade, in an event, just speaking. I, mean, I had it the 100th anniversary of one of our two-year technical colleges. I Probably the worst, and, and this is what I would say would be the the ugliest of all this uh, is good, bad, and ugly. Uh, the, the ugly part of it was the worst and where I think it kind of turned the tide. And I was glad I acted the, the way you talked about the running act. And that was where outside of the Capitol every year we have, I've been involved for 20 plus years. Law enforcement does a run for the special Olympics in our state. I'm assuming they do in other states as well. And I was out there first year as governor. I've been there for years before that. Doing this, and as the Special Olympic athletes out there, as all the men and women
1: oh, my from
2: gosh. law enforcement were out there, the protesters came out, and for who knows why, but the protesters that day were dressed like zombies. Oh, and so they got between me and the Special Olympic athletes, and that was the ugly. The good part of it was I just kept talking to the athletes, I'd become so used to this, I didn't, I just ignored it, and the athletes didn't know what was going on. So I kept telling them how great they were and how excited we were. In the end, it got captured on the news. And because it was Special Olympics, people in the state started to realize, hey, we, we don't act like this. This, right. this is not how you act when you have a disagreement. And that's when the tides started to turn.
1: Wow. I wish, you know, I had the same thing happen. My wife did a pet adoption for pets that were abused in shelters oh, yeah. on, on the grounds of the governor's mansion. And here we had all these little kids petting the pets, and and the protesters were out there blowing uh, air horns and yelling shame and scaring the animals. And my wife turned to me and she said, that's it for me. I'm out of (laughs) here. She was so mad. And she said, you know, here I'm trying to do good. And, you know, it is tough on the family when things like that are being done because, you know, as you know, your spouse and my spouse were volunteers in our efforts to uh, run for political office and to hold office.
2: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, we had, you know, Tonette would, uh, she'd hear about threats against her kids or God help us. There was actually one threat that one of our security details showed me that actually somebody said, directed at me, saying they were going to gut my wife like a deer. It was just unbelievable uh, just how far out there people were at. Again, the good news was people reacted the opposite way. They said, enough is enough. Wow.
1: That's called eviscerate. Their first goal for me, they put out posters saying, we're going to eviscerate Pat McCrory. And I looked it up and eviscerate meant take the guts out. So that must be part of the uh, um, language that the radicals are now using. Let's end it on a positive note. You and I have had many funny or outrageous things that we've been involved in in politics. What's a funny or outrageous example of something that you you incurred while – while in politics, whether it be a presidential candidate or governor of Wisconsin. Yeah.
2: Well, this one was particularly funny. It was not long after we had succeeded in the, uh, in getting our reform through despite all the protest and, and moved on to Washington and actually moved on to wall street, I should say. And I happened to be in New York city. I was doing a, an editorial board interview and doing some stories about what we'd done because they were starting target targets for a recall. And I, uh, Got out of a truck in downtown Manhattan and uh, was going into uh, to one of these meetings. And across the street, about a half block down, a, a guy yells, "Hey, Governor Walker!" And of course, I'm a Midwestern guy. I, I turned and waved. and I said, "Hi" to him, and the guy goes, "You suck!" And he said, "You you are a scum of the earth." I went to Madison to protest you. I hate you. And the the gentleman who was helping me get around town, (laughs) I turned and looked at him, and and he was just mortified. You know, he turned pale and was completely freaked out and, you know, panicked about all this. And I just smiled and chuckled to him. I said, see, they weren't all from Wisconsin. (laughs) And uh, it was just great because it kind of put it all in perspective that, you know, these weren't all people from my state. They certainly weren't all from your state when they were doing it. These were people shipped in from all over the country, particularly Places like New York and Washington, and uh, it just brought a good chuckle all the time, which otherwise would have been kind of
1: you know. I had that done I to laughed. me. Oh well, go ahead.
2: I just said I just laughed and and uh, moved on. That's all so you
1: can you do. Either laugh or you cry, right? Okay. Before we hang up, I got to say one thing. During the presidential campaign, you were backstage with all these presidential candidates, friends of yours, Chris Christie and and Governor of Texas, and all these people you know, and Donald Trump. What was the interaction like that we ought to know about in politics? Right before you go out with you know twelve, thirteen candidates.
2: Yeah, you know it's actually the funny thing is uh, it's pretty cordial. Yeah, you know for us uh, it, it's not like a, a, you know a long standing battle. It's not like Alabama versus you know, Auburn or right. Michigan versus Michigan State or you know any of the North Carolina teams in basketball. It was pretty cordial, and, and the fun thing with Donald Trump as a candidate behind the scenes, he's exactly the same <laughs> as he does out in public. He's, uh, there's there's no change. He is exactly the same person
1: all the time. Scott Walker, former governor of Wisconsin, great public servant, former presidential candidates, and I'm I'm hoping, like the heck, that you sometime get back into politics into public service because. To me, you're the best of what our nation's looking for, and I just want to thank you and your family for your past service and, and sacrifice, and, and I hope this is not the end but uh, a new beginning sometime down in the future.
2: Well, Pat, thanks, thanks for having me on, and thanks for your great service. 300,000-plus jobs created in North Carolina, and uh, glad to be on your show.
0: God bless. Thanks for listening to Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McRory. To contact the show, email Show at wbt.com. You can hear more from Pat every weekday morning from 8 to 10 on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT or at WBT on radio.com.